Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. So what I want to talk about this morning... Um, I actually started talking about it a month ago, and I, I didn't get very far, and I felt really bad, and then I just kind of burned through the end really quick, and I'm like, oh, I should have just saved it and just cut it off, and so I'm, I'm going to talk about it again, and what I want to talk about is, and, and I'm actually switching it up a little bit, being filled with the Holy Spirit but the connection to the Great Commission. There's a huge, huge connection. Um, Steve's got it up there for me, thank you. <laughs> Greg was like, well, what do you want to call it? And I, my, have you ever just spoken before your brain even catches up to you? And the connection, it just came out and I was like, like, where did that even come from? And then after I got completely finished, I was like, oh, I see it. I see it. That's, yeah, that's actually really, really good. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Praise God. He knows what he's doing. So go ahead and turn to Mark 16, 15. So I think most people know the Great Commission, but not everybody knows. Jesus was talking to his disciples, and this was, this was one of the last things that he told them. Mark 16, and then we're going to turn to Matthew 28 after that. And he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, and he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I turn to Matthew twenty-eight sixteen. So that was Mark's account of, that was his version of what was said that day. And we're going to read what Matthew wrote. It's Matthew twenty-eight sixteen. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So turn to Luke twenty-four forty-nine. So Jesus had some really important things to tell us before he left. He came here, he was our example, and we can go back and see all that he did and all that he said. It's plainly written in our Bible. 
And if we ever have a question as to what and who we should look like, we can, we can go back and see Jesus and see what he did and, and, and read how he operated. And he was telling the disciples this, and, but he said, are you at Luke 24? Then he said, 49, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry means just wait, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. He said, wait, he said, I want you to go out and do this, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to help you. You've seen what to do. You know, their minds were probably like, oh my gosh, you know, this is it. Like he's gone and now it's up to us. I mean, if it was me, I would have been like, how Lord, how is this supposed to happen? Because we saw Jesus do such miraculous things. And he said, wait, he said, I've got something more for you. I mean, and I mean, that must have been super exciting. Like what exactly is this? And, um, you know, a lot of people saw Jesus when he died and was raised from the dead and he came back and he met with hundreds and hundreds of people, saw him. But when it came to him saying, wait, I've got something more for you, they didn't all show up. They didn't all take his word seriously. The ones who showed up got exactly what they needed to, to do exactly what he told them to do. Amen. So in Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, behold, I send the promise of my father. The father promised this and Jesus is saying, I sent. And, you know, if it's something from Jesus and he's sending, he's sending something or someone, it's something that we want. You know, Jesus, if you ever have a question of, do I want the Holy Spirit read this, you know, you want everything God has. We want everything. Um, turn to Colossians 1.16. And that's okay. You don't have to turn. I'll just read it quick, but it's kind of a side. For by him, all things were created. You know, Jesus was at the beginning. Some people think, well, he was just like, uh, God decided, decided, well, I'm just going to I'm just going to send him to fix this problem in the earth. No, he was actually in the beginning. It says, for by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. You know, Jesus was in the beginning. He had a hand in creating the universe, the planets, the stars, the Milky Way. I mean, how many of y'all know, you know, they created some amazing, amazing stuff. You can walk out anytime on a clear night and just look up at the stars and look up at the heavens and, and just be in awe of God's creation. Yes, things, aren't, things in this earth don't look the way that, that, that they will in heaven and they don't, they don't look the way they were intended because we own this planet now, but... God originally created, you can still see the masterpiece of what God intended. 
you know? So anything that God has for us, we need to go for it and take it. There's no, there should be no question. If Jesus has something for me, I want it. There's too many churches today. You know, one of the things Jesus has is the Holy Spirit. And there's too many churches today that it's just a take it or leave it kind of a mentality. And the Holy Spirit was for all. When they got filled in the upper room, they waited in Jerusalem. They, the ones who did what he said, you know, how many of y'all know there was disciples in that room? People who were disciples slash martyrs, ministers in that room. But there was also other people, people who were going to be doing everyday normal life. They weren't going to be in ministry, but they were there. And it says that all of them got filled, every single one. It was for all. And it's something that we need to make sure we're not treating it, treating the Holy Spirit as a take it or leave it. It's so, 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 so important. So the Great Commission is our directive. And I said that before when I talked about this a month ago. It's our directive. And he told the disciples, it, it wasn't just for them. It was for them to tell. And it's for everyone. And, you know, it's awesome to do things to show Jesus love and show him to people in the natural. There, there are natural things that we can do. But it's not the Great Commission. You know, we should be doing natural things. Yes, you should be showing the love of God to people, talking to them, helping them when they see a need. All of these things should be leading up to the spiritual things that God has for people. Amen? You know, the devil doesn't fight. He, he doesn't fight the natural things like he fights the spiritual. And that's one of the reasons when you talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit and, and speaking in tongues, he fights it so hard because you have to have that if you're going to do the Great Commission. The Great Commission, if you read it, go back and look at it, these signs will follow those. In my name, they'll cast out demons. You need to know who you are in Christ, you're going to be doing that. And you are, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to have that boldness to do that. And you, to even recognize that someone's dealing with something like that and knowing exactly what to say, exactly what to pray, you have to have the Holy Spirit. He said they will speak with new tongues. You have to have the Holy Spirit to do that. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They lay hands on the sick, they will recover. If you're wanting to go out and do what Jesus told you to do, you've got to be filled with the Spirit. You've got to be filled and speaking in tongues. It's so, so, so important. And it's for everyone, everyone, absolutely everyone. So turn to Ephesians 5.17. We can't do those things if we're not filled and we're not full of the Holy Spirit. You, you know, you can be more filled and less filled. And we want to be more filled. We want to operate out of an overflow of the Holy Spirit in us. 
This is all important things for believers, and it's a part of our equipment that God's given us. Nobody wants to go out and battle without some equipment. You're going to want to have a shield. You're going to have, you know, no uh, person in the army wants to go out without their helmet, without their gun, without everything. And God's given us equipment to use. We need to take it. And remember, if you have to wake up every day and say, I am going to stay full of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stay full so I can go out and do the Great Commission. I'm going to do this every day. So last time I talked about how we're designed to be filled. We're desi- God made us to be filled and to stay filled. I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but I will give you the scriptures. So Ephesians 5, 17, because this is who we are. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. We have to be filled with the Spirit. We're designed to be filled. One of the reasons... God put in here, do not be drunk with wine, is because he's created us as a vessel to be filled. Turn to Genesis 2-7. We're designed to be full of something. And his design is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, designed to be filled with Jesus. And people today, they know when they're running on empty. That's why there's so many people who are reaching for a bottle. They're reaching for whatever it is that they feel like fills them up at that moment. And it's, it's a natural desire to, you, you have a desire on the inside of you to want to be full of life, to want to be happy, to want to be excited. It's just people, the devil's given people his alternative. It's, and it's just a big trap and a big trick. Because that person reaches for the bottle when they've had a rough day and they get all happy for a moment. And then when it's over, nothing has changed in their life or they've wrecked their life. And that's just the way the devil operates. God wants us when we're feeling like that to reach in on the inside, reach on the inside, get filled up with his Holy Spirit. That's what we're supposed to do. So we're designed to be a vessel full of God. Genesis 2-7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. God breathed his life into Adam. Go to 2 Timothy 2.21. I feel like I don't have as much time on a Sunday morning as a Wednesday night. Oh, gosh. It feels way shorter. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work, a vessel of honor. That's who we are. Go to 2 Corinthians 4, 7. 
We're a vessel to be filled, filled for honor, useful for the master, absolutely prepared and ready for every good work. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. You know, people are going to see us and our humanity, and that's okay. You know, God knows what he's doing, but then when they see what's coming out of us, they're going to be so amazed. They're going to see God. And it's, it's people's answer, but it also should be exciting to people to realize, hey, that can be me. I can be so filled with God. I can be someone's answer. I can operate in the supernatural. Turn to Acts 17, 28. For in him, this is how we should live. In him, we live and move and have our being. As also some of our own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. We should look like his offspring. Amen? We should be living and moving in him every day. It's an everyday thing. And this is not just for ministers or people in the so-called ministry. This is who we all should be. We should all be inspiring each other as to the amazing works that God is doing through each of us. Amen? So, what are we designed to be filled with? We're designed to be filled with God. We're designed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, how do we stay filled? Because you can be more filled, and anyone here, most all of you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You know there's days when you are filled up, and you know there's days when you are not. You feel like you're running just dry. So how do we stay filled? Because it's so important. Just because you, you get filled the first time, you say, oh, you find out about the Holy Spirit. You find out you can get filled. You can speak with tongues. And you come up in, or wherever you get filled, and you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you, you know, that's, you're just, it's so exciting the first time, but you have to stay filled, the Holy Spirit does not leave. He's there. Thank God. He is there. I got filled with the Holy Spirit when I was really young. And I, my sister would be way better to explain how it happened because she's the one who prayed for me. And I think it was kind of like Steve's experience. It's like you said like a couple of funny syllables, but you spoke. And I think it was kind of like that. And she got a good laugh out of it, I remember. But I got filled and, and, and I remember I was kind of in and out of church because I was in third or fourth grade and my parents were not going real regularly and they were going to a church where they didn't even talk about it. But I knew what she had taught me and I had grabbed hold of that, that I had the Holy Spirit and I can pray in the Spirit and she'd explained it to me. And so I would get in my closet and pray in the Spirit and, you know, the more I did, the more fluent I would become, you know, it's, and... I, I knew, I just knew on the inside, I, I never doubted that, oh, 
He's not there anymore. Like, you look to the inside and you know he's there. But there, but there are absolutely times where you, you are more full and less full. And so how do we stay filled? Because it's very, very important. Because we need to stay filled up every day. So I just have a few things. There's probably a really big list, but I'm trying to keep it really simple. The first thing is very simple. It's yielding. Yield to the Holy Spirit every time you get an opportunity. All of us, <clears throat> people say um, hindsight is twenty twenty. All of us know of moments where we knew we were supposed to do something, no matter how simple. Um, the Lord told me to go up and just, just love on somebody or, or the Lord told me to give some money to somebody or they, the Lord was dealing with me to call somebody and you didn't do it. You know how that feels. So every time let's make it a purpose and all of us have missed it in that area. And, you know, we're learning. Um, there's times when you miss it and the Lord will make sure you know it. And, and it's not because he's trying to crack you over the head. He's wanting you to learn and say, oh, you know, like you knew you were supposed to give money to somebody. And then you find out you didn't do it. And then so-and-so did it. And you find out what a great need they had. And you're like, oh, you feel so bad. Just say, oh, next time I'm not going to miss it. So moments like that yield every time. The more you yield, the more you yield, it's one of the ways that you can stay more filled up. So the second thing about yielding is yield to what's God and resist what is not God every time. So that's another way you can stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Resist what is not God. Practice yielding, practice resisting that what you yield to and what you resist can be two of the greatest things you'll learn as a Christian. So, so, so important because God's put the ball in our hands. So much of who we are and how we grow spiritually is in our hands. And there's masses of Christians out there who would love for it the ball to be in God's hands, and they'll, they think it's in God's hands, and their lives are not going the way they were meant to, or their lives are a wreck, and they just put it all off on God, and God's given us what we need, and it, and it may seem tough. It's, if it seems tough, it's only because this world has gotten to a place so far from God that you get up and you go to work and you hear nothing about him from your coworkers, stuff on TV. And that's, we were never meant to be in this world that far from him. You know, so it might seem tough to you, but God's given us all that we need. We have his word. And thank God we live in a country where we can freely talk about it. Amen. So yield every moment you get, no matter how small it seems. It could just be a word that you're going to say to someone. It, it, it's just a phone call. It could be so small or it could be far bigger laying hands on someone when you know that they need healing. You might be nervous, 
But if you, you feel like you should do it, do it. God's going to move. He's, he's not going to leave you hanging. And resist what, what is not God. And you know what's not God. And one of the things to resist is your thoughts and your thought life. You need to resist thoughts that you know are not God. When you immediately comes in, it's not God's job to take care of your mind. He's told us what to do with it. Renew it, get in the word. We're renewing it to him, his word. So yield to his word. And when the thoughts come in to do something that you know is not God, you know the word says to do the opposite, immediately resist it. Tell that thought to go in Jesus' name. You have the authority and the power to do it. You have it. And one of the things praying in the spirit and speaking in tongues will help you with is it's a, it works in so many different ways, but one of the things it does is a displacement. If you're having trouble with your mind and your thoughts, you're getting, you're getting it out of the way and you're allowing yourself to hook up with what is on the inside. Amen. You know, don't resist or reject the Holy Spirit in your daily life or in service too, when he moves on you. You know, it's gotta be so frustrating. Isn't it frustrating to you when you have something really good for someone and you're trying to bless them and they're just like, oh, no thanks. They're just super resistant. And you know you have something that's just just so nice. You're trying to give them a gift or just bless them in some way. And they're like, no, 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 for whatever reason. That can be so frustrating. Well, we don't want to be saying that to the Holy Spirit. No, thank you. We don't want to be that person. We want to take what he has. We want to just say, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Do or say whatever he, he has us to say, because there's blessing attached to it, not just for the person on the other side, but also for you. And it's also a way that you continue to, to, to stay full of who you really are. So another way to stay filled is singing to yourself in song, songs and hymns. Now, you don't have to be a singer. Nobody's listening to you for the most part. You listening to you, you might depress you. I know how that is. I'm not a singer. <laughs> so, so I get in my car and I sing and I'm like... I'm like, I know God's laughing right now. (laughs) He's blessed, but (laughs) he knows who he made me to be, so he's cool with it. (laughs) At least that's what I tell myself. So, in Ephesians 5, 7, let me move back up. When it was saying to be filled with the Spirit, he was giving us some tips. He was telling us what not to do. Don't reach for the bottle. Don't get filled up on junk. He said, get get filled up on the Holy Spirit. And he said, speak to one another or yourself in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So one of the things we can do is sing songs and psalms, songs and hymns. And this is, this is way easier than you could imagine. Way easier. You can sing your own words. They don't have to rhyme. You can use your own words. And it, it's best if you speak the way you speak because you're going to hook your heart up to what you're saying. And see, I always forget 
I, I forget tunes to songs. So if you see me down here sometimes recording praise and worship, it's because I'm trying to remember the tune to a song. So when I get in my car, you know, I can sing some of the songs from church. But I'm really bad about remembering the tune. So I'll make up my own. It may not sound great, but I get filled up on it, so that's all that matters. But I use my own words, and I just tell the Lord how much I love him, tell him how much I appreciate, you know, all that he's given me. And, and you're encouraging yourself. And like I said, it doesn't matter how it sounds. It truly does not matter. The more you do this and the more you yield, you will have times where it does come out actually in, in rhyming. And it's really, really cool. It'll sound like, it may sound like a psalm when you read the book of Psalms. Um, but you'll begin to, to, to prophesy. And prophesying is just telling the works of God. You're, you're magnifying God. You're, you're, you're testifying to how good God is. So don't get tripped up on what that is. You're doing that. And you can stay filled that way. Don't get in the car and turn on, like, the top 40 secular music. If you do that, just, like, stop. <laughs> just, that is one, talk about resisting. That is an area where you can resist. And a lot of people think, ah, oh, it's no big deal. It's just background music. No. Um, the devil has a whole plan when it comes to music that is not glorifying God. He's, and then there, there's, there's a anointing, the devil's anointing on it. There's his influence is, is on it. And so don't even go there. The secular music is, even if it's not, it's, it's very sexual in content. And even if it's not talking about that, it's not talking about things that glorify God. Just stay away from it altogether. Just resist that temptation to just get in your car and go on autopilot and go to work and turn on just background music. Take that moment and use your mouth. And the first couple of times you do that, you might be like, oh, this seems kind of tough. But locate your heart. Locate your heart, and what I mean by that is think about all that God's given you. Think about where you would be if you didn't know him. Have all these things rolling around in you, and you will connect your mouth. You'll connect your heart to your mouth, and you, you will find after, and it may not even be the first time, but the more you do this, you'll find after several days of doing this, you're like, wow, you know, it, it, is, it is easy. And it's not as hard as I thought, but you'll find that, that you're, you're not focusing on the annoying things maybe that you know are going to happen at work or someone that drives you crazy at work. They won't drive you as crazy. And isn't that a blessing? <laughs> that is a huge blessing. You know, I mean, you can get so aggravated with someone that you can't even do your job. I don't know how many people I know have, who were so good at a job quit because someone was just annoying to them and they just couldn't take it anymore. That's a horrible reason to quit a job. And God's got an answer for us. When you're so filled up on him, things like that don't bother you. Think about, think about the drunk. Are, are they aggravated with everybody? No, the drunk person's usually running around hugging everybody. I love you. <laughs> you know, they love everybody. 
Well, like I said, it's, that's the devil's counterfeit. We're supposed to be filled with the Spirit. And the more you're full of him, the more you see people through his eyes. And you see, you see, he'll show you things about people. And all of a sudden, they don't drive you crazy anymore. They're special to you. And, and yes, yeah, some people you may have to dig more than others. But, but God will show you. He sees every side. He knows people. So that, you know, there's huge, huge, huge benefits to doing this. It may sound so simple, like too simple, but it's not. It, it, God put it in there for a reason. So it's one of the ways that we can continue to stay filled. And I'm running out of time. I can't believe this. Okay, the other way is speaking in tongues. And that's the obvious one. You know, the church began this way. And I can't believe I didn't put my scripture in. So go to Acts 2 really quick. Is it doing that? I put in Jude. Oh, because I can't spell. Okay. <laughs> there it is. Okay, in Acts 2, 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. So the day came that he told him to wait for. He said, wait, I've got something for you. I'm, I've got this huge plan for you to do. And they're like, what am I going to, how are we going to do this? He said, wait, I've got the answer for you. So when the day came. They were all with one accord in one place. They were all there for a reason. They were there to get what Jesus had told them to get. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and with it, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. This was, a, this was a huge, huge display of God's power. This was the first time anything like this had ever happened. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the church, how important is this? Is this a take it or leave it kind of thing? No, we're a part of the church. Not just here, but we're a part of the universal church. People who, and I'm not talking about Joe Schmo church down the street that doesn't even talk about Jesus and doesn't even know Jesus. I'm not talking about that church because that's not part of the universal church. Those who were born again, those who believe Jesus died and was raised from the dead, that part of the church, we're a part of that church. The church began this way. That's how they began speaking in tongues and getting filled with the Holy Spirit. That's how important it is. It's not a take it or leave it thing. It's for all. It's for all of us. It's something that we need to practice every day, staying filled. This is such a big deal. And God was showing them. He made a big display that day. And he was showing us how big a deal it is for the church because the church began this way. It's huge. You know, one of the things, and I read this last time, that Brother Hagen, and how many of you know Brother Hagen operated in all kinds of gifts of the Spirit and all kinds of manifestations, and, well, it didn't, I mean, he started as a Baptist boy, didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. 
So those things didn't just fall in his lap because, oh, you're special. God looked down on him and smiled and all those things happened. No, he started just like we all do. He found out what God's word, what was in God's word, and he got in it, found out for himself. He started learning about faith. He started using his faith. And one of the things, and he got to a place as a minister. He was called special as a minister, but one of the things that marked his ministry was um, manifestations and things that he was able to operate in. So one of the things Brother Hagen said was that the more he spoke in tongues, the more he operated in the gifts of the Spirit, the more he did. And he said the less he spoke in tongues, the less he operated in the gifts of the Spirit. Now, don't let yourself get sidetracked that, well, that's him, he's a minister. No, this, this, this applies to us. We should be operating in the gifts of the Spirit when we're at work. Last time... I talked to you about um, a boy that I've been trying to get born again for like two years. When it comes to kids, he's like a fourth grader. Kids are, they hear about Jesus and they're usually like sponges. They're so excited, like, wow, okay, it's super easy. I've never had anybody take that long. And so he's, he became a prayer project. And, um, we were all eating lunch one day, and he was, I'm repeating it because I know some of you weren't here that Wednesday night. He was like, Ugh. he was, he kept doing this with his throat while I was eating. And I was like, what? I was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, my throat's bothering me. And I said, well, I didn't, I didn't say anything at first. I just kept eating. And then I said, you know, that can be, you want that gone? Like, because that's bothering you, right? Do you want it gone? Because at this point, I, I was just praying about how to minister to this kid because I had tried before two or three different times talking about Jesus, and he was just like, nah, I'm not, I don't want that. I don't want him. I mean, he was very, he's, he's a very honest kid, very straightforward, and, and he just told me he wasn't interested. And so I'm like, okay, you know, God knows how to reach him. So he looked at me, and he was like, well, yeah. And I said, great. I said, I'm going to pray for you, and it's going to be gone. And immediately I said, after that, I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to pray for you, and as soon as you're done eating, it's going to be gone. And he's like, okay. So I prayed for him right there at lunch, and I didn't do this. I didn't slap him on the head and pray in tongues for five minutes. I just prayed a simple prayer, you know, thank you, Lord, for taking this sickness away from him, for healing his throat. Amen. It was just super, super simple. And so we're eating and he looks up and he's like, should I eat fast or should I eat slow? (laughs) And I thought he is connecting to this. He has an expectancy I've never heard in him before. He's always been standoffish. No, thank you. I don't want that. He's expecting when, it, when he's done, that it's going to be gone. I thought, yes, I thought that, that was God, because I wouldn't have thought of that, to say that. I'm, later, I was like, I can't believe I said that. I know it was God getting through to him to make the connection so he, he could make that faith connection. Just, just a simple belief 
that he didn't have before, and now he had it. And so we left lunch. We got done. I wasn't even thinking about it anymore. And we went separate ways, and then I saw him later that afternoon, and I said, how's your throat? And he's like, he kept looking at me. He's usually looking away from me. He's got this real distrust of women for some reason from his childhood. And he was, he, he didn't want to look away from me. He's like, it's better. And then he goes, but I still have my cough. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know you had a cough. I didn't pray for your cough. I prayed for your throat. And so anyway, so I could tell like, okay, God's getting to him. You know, this is awesome. And so then, um, like a week or two later, he was like, I said, your throat's still good? And he's like, yeah. And he wasn't quite as sassy about it. Yeah, it's good. And uh, I said, I said, you know, I said, that was Jesus. I was trying to tell you about before. I said, that wasn't me. I said, I had nothing to do with that. I said, that was Jesus. And he wants you well. He loves you. You know, are you ready to have him in your life? And he said, yeah. And so, anyway, I got to pray for him. It was awesome. So, you know, no one's too hard. But I could have done more damage to just keep trying to do it my way. Just keep giving them the, you know, you need Jesus, you need Jesus, you need Jesus. God had a better way, and I believe it was far quicker than what if, if I had tried to do it in my own plan. And being filled with the Holy Spirit, yielding to the Holy Spirit, knowing how to hear from him, you'll know, it'll just come out of you. You'll say things I wouldn't have thought of. And it was exactly what he needed to get born again. And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know this kid in heaven one day. I don't have to, if I, you know, these kids grow up and leave the school and whatever, and I never see him again, I don't have to worry about him. You know, God's so good. He has a plan. And he can make it so much easier for us if we just yield. Amen? So Brother Hagin said the more he spoke in tongues, the more he operated in the gifts. Those, those are simple gifts, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, things that you'll know about people that you wouldn't normally know. It's just God working through us, and it should be all of us. So turn to James 3.1. So we as a body should have manifestations of the Spirit. It's just the power of God in, in demonstration to the world to be a witness. We're, God told us to be a witness. That's an opportunity to be a witness. Yes, we're supposed to witness, but we in our everyday lives should be a witness, saying things, you know, oh, my sister used to drive me crazy when I was younger because she would say things, she would just be, just, just say it, just talking, just nonstop about whatever. She, she didn't even live with us because we were about nine years apart, so she was out of the house as I was growing up. She'd come back and say things. It was like, it's like she knew exactly what I'd been into. <laughs> Drove me crazy every time. I thought, well, who's she talking to? You know, and I thought, well, my mom doesn't know. I knew on the inside it was God getting my attention. But she, just, she was used to just hearing from God and yielding her tongue to what he had to say. So 
Are you at James 3.1? That's good. I'm not. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I should have one of you guys read it. <laughs> okay. My brethren, so how important is our tongue? My brethren, and this, this is a message for a whole other time, so I'm only going to read this first part. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bride his whole body. And anyway, our tongue and what we say is, is super, super important. I would encourage you to go back and, and read all of that stuff in James about our tongue and how important it is. It's a, it's a really big deal for what we say and what we use our words for, for reigning in our body, reigning in our thought life, yielding to the power of God. It's so, 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 so important. So speaking in tongues is huge. And one of the things, and I'm getting ahead of myself for, um, well, I'll wait because I don't have that much time. Go to 1 Samuel 30. So another way that we can stay filled with the Spirit is to encourage and edify ourselves. We can do that in tongues, and we can do that in English. Don't wait to come in Sunday morning. Don't wait for somebody else to build you up. We cannot live our lives like that. Don't wait for Steve to get up there and say a word of encouragement, singing words or whatever in the songs. You cannot, you know, be here. That's awesome. If, if, if that's all you're doing is you're like, oh, I can, oh, if, I'm just trying to make it to church every week. That's awesome. But when you know better, you do better. And you've got to encourage yourself in between, not just when you're in church. So in 1 Samuel 30, now David was greatly distressed. And if you go back and read everything that was going on with him at the time, he had a good reason to be distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But... David strengthened himself in the Lord. So David, people want to stone him. He, all his stuff is gone. He'd been under attack. Even his wives were gone. It sounds weird to say wives. Anyway, his ladies, how all that worked back then, I don't know. You can ask pastor about that when he comes back. <laughs> That's a whole other message. Anyway, people who were important to him were taken. So all his stuff and even the people who were super important to him were being held hostage and taken into the army's camp, another army's camp. And so things were looking really, 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 really bad. And what does the world do when things get really bad? They start complaining and grumbling. That's the worst thing you can do. It's the worst. It's like chipping. It's like getting a bucket and Taking, taking the water out of your vessel, taking the water of the spirit out, you're, you're drying up on the inside and you're giving the devil an opportunity to wreak havoc even more and your problems can compound. The complete opposite of what we want. We 
want to, here's what David did. He strengthened himself in the Lord. He got out his guitar. He probably started playing and just saying, oh, I thank you, Lord. You're so good to me. And I mean, I don't know if he sang or he didn't, but it's was, it was just, just a simple, Lord, you're so good. I'm coming out of this today. I'm coming out of this. I'm going to have all my stuff back. You know, even if it's just that, thank God I, I have you in my life. I thank you that, that it might seem bad, but you're so much bigger, Lord. I just praise you. He started praising the Lord and very eloquently if you, you go back and read Psalms. But do you think he felt like doing any of that? He felt horrible. It was probably took all he had to make his mouth say those things in this horrible, horrible situation that he was in. He strengthened and encouraged himself, and we have to do that. We have to do that for ourselves. And just like praying in tongues, it, it, you're, you're getting filled up, but also you're not meditating on the negative bad stuff. So it does that also for you. What a different life we can have every single day when we're meditating on God and we're not meditating on the negative stuff. Such a different life. And, and if this seems overwhelming to you because your mind is just always being attacked with negative thoughts, just, just start like say, okay, this half hour, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take those negative thoughts I'm having and I'm just going gonna, gonna to yield my tongue to the Lord, whether it's encouraging myself, whether it's praising the Lord, whether it's praying in the Spirit. Just start there. Start somewhere. And you'll realize, you know what, I don't have to think negative thoughts. I don't have to think the way the world thinks. Amen? So what's some of the benefits to praying in the Holy Spirit? I said it already. Gets your mind to shut up. And sometimes you got to be harsh with yourself. I mean, I wake up in the morning and I, the first thing I want to say is, oh, it's Monday. <laughs> oh, I don't want to get up and go to work. That's always the first thing I, I want to say is I want to groan and not, not holy groanings <laughs> like we talked about last week. I want to groan negatively because my flesh is just screaming out. And I can get up and give voice to it, and I'm going to feel it a lot more that day <laughs> if I do that. And I have to just, you know what, shut up, mind. <laughs> I'm going to use my mouth to praise the Lord and get my mind on the right thing. And immediately I just, nope, thank God for this day. Thank God for what's going to happen today. I thank you, Lord, that you're in my life and I have things to say to people and it's going to be a good day. I'm blessed. Thank you for my children. I just start hooking my heart up, you know, to my mouth. And it's amazing how quickly your flesh will get used to not being the winner in this battle really, really quickly. And it'll be way easier to do the things that you know you need to do like get up and go to work. So another benefit is praying for your future. That's huge. Who doesn't want to have things worked out for their future and have their plans, have things laid out? You know when you, have a, you go through a moment and it just seems like everything falls into place so perfectly when you have those days. 
We can have those more often by praying in the spirit. You know what it's like when you have those days where it seems like everything didn't work and it fell apart. Everyone's had those days. You can pray out your future by having the Holy Spirit and yielding your tongue to praying in the spirit on a daily basis. So, so, so important. You can help pray out your kids' futures. So important. Don't leave them hanging either. When they're really young and they don't know how to pray for themselves, you need to spend some time praying for them too. So another benefit, finding your words is easier when you're used to yielding your tongue. If you think, well, pastor wants me to have something to give out and something to say, and I never have anything. Well, spend more time praying in the spirit. You're yielding your tongue to the words on the inside that you're hearing. The more you yield, the more you yield. Have you ever gotten a situation and you're like, I just couldn't think of the word or I didn't know what to say. The more you yield to the spirit, the more of those words, you'll find the words a lot quicker. Trust me, I am speaking from experience on all of this. (laughs) Finding what to say and not knowing what to say. I feel like I lived the first half of my life, if not more, being that person. And I didn't, I didn't value and realize how important the Holy Spirit was and what a tool I had. I was not using him like I could. So the more you yield, the more, the more, the, the words in English will come, whether it's something to give out in church or something to give out to somebody at work. He's given us what we need. Um, and then just write this one down, Jude one twenty. So building yourselves up on your most holy faith. So praying in the spirit, another benefit is building yourself up. And we kind of already went over that. So why are we focusing on this? We're focusing on it because if we're to do the Great Commission, we have to be full of the spirit. We need to be full to recognize when someone, someone just needs some love or someone's dealing with a spirit. And you can take authority over it. And you, the more you do it, the more you'll begin to recognize. The more full, full you are, the more automatic it'll be. You'll look back at yourself and be like, I did that. And you'll, you'll realize, you'll see God moving through you more and more. And, and people will recognize it on you also. And so just write this one down because for time's sake, we don't have time to go there. But what happens when you're filled and yielded to the Holy Spirit? So I'm giving you homework. Acts 4, 8, and I think it goes all the way through 31. And Acts 6, 3, it talks about Stephen. When he got picked, he was out doing a natural job, just a natural job, and they picked him because they recognized he was full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. They saw it on him. They're going to see it on you. People will recognize it on you. And he got picked, and, and so read these this week, this afternoon, whenever, and see what happens when you stay full. It's, something, it's not just for the disciples. It's for us. It's, we, we have so much that we can do every day if we just stay full. We can go out and do the Great Commission. So stay full. These are such simple, simple things. And just, you don't have to do all of them, but start where you're at. You know what works for you the best, you know, right away. 
So praise God. God's got a lot of good things for us this week. And, and I'm looking forward to hearing more testimonies of, of, of people, you know, living their weeks out differently. So, you know, because you're just staying full, you're, you're praying in the Holy Spirit more and more and more than you ever have before. You will begin to see a huge difference in your life, a huge difference in your thought life, a huge difference in how much you can operate and be used by God. Amen. It's so important. God's got such good things for us. We don't want to treat anything in the gospel like a take it or leave it thing. It, it's for us. It's for all of us. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.